Hello. Hi. Welcome to Truly Fabulously Monstrous. A podcast about true crime and cryptids. I am half of your host, Hattie James. I am your other half of your host, Ace. Hi, Ace. Hi, Hattie. How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) It's been a week. Of a it's day. been a week. It's been, yeah. Uh, we have the thing where uh, the Harbinger started daycare, as I mentioned a few episodes back, and um, so that means we now have the added daycare cost. So uh, my husband and I decided to do that thing where we're like, oh, okay, well, we're just be very, very frugal the next few weeks to like save up and like economize so that it doesn't hit us that hard and then we have the nest egg and once we have that little bit of a nest egg in a few weeks we can start spending again and then all of a sudden like everything expensive that can break break our tire blew so now we need to get new tires um his phone broke so now we need to get a new phone and that's not on top of the step baby's school supplies because the school just sent the list and um it's a lot and it's just like we have twelve dollars and payday's not till Friday, and we haven't even done half of that stuff. Like it's it's fun. It's fun. It's been I, a it's been oh, a week. It's not funny, and I don't mean to laugh, but it's like you're like ah, here is my plan for life going forward, and the universe said you thought. Uh, and just uh, in case you were wondering, Mercury is not in retrograde. Oh. <laughs> I, you I see. Just, I, I like to think that the universe throws one Murphy's Law week at you a year. Uh, For instance, uh, 2000, well, 2020 was just, that was an exception. That was Murphy's Law to everyone all over the planet all at once. Yes. My household has a Murphy's Law week, and this was just this year's. Yeah. I have not kept meticulous track of my Murphy's Law weeks. Pretty sure, like, one of them would have been, like... Uh, I adopted a cat and then two months later it turned out my cat had super cancer oh okay my Murphy's Law always comes it always affects my cats because the next cat I got after that I had for about a year and then he like busted out of my house Kool-Aid man style and then like was missing for a month before he got hit by a car so now I'm looking at my two current cats I'm like all right what have you fuckers got for me uh and the answer is one of them just has horrible teeth uh (laughs) Um, You're going to lose your teeth privileges, cat. You already lost six today. (laughs) Mine are so traumatic you can't forget. Like, being in and out of the hospital with your husband three times in a week and then finding out you're pregnant that Friday. Yeah, that's a kick in the teeth. (laughs) Yeah, because you're thinking about the medical bills and you're thinking about your tiny one-bedroom apartment and you're still trying to figure out how to get him an insulin pump. And you have all these things going on and his health is going down the pooper. And then all of a sudden, like, oh, and there's a baby. (laughs) Surprise, baby. (sighs) Or, you know, like getting, losing your job and then the next day getting eviction paperwork served to you is also kind of like. That's like a country song. Like. (laughs) That's just corporate America. That's just late stage capitalism, baby. Oh, Anyways, gosh. let's talk about your cat's teeth. Your cat lost six teeth today. Oh, well, I mean, you didn't lose them. I know where they are. They're in the medical waste <laughs> disposal of the vet's office. 
Um, anytime I drop my cat off for a dental cleaning, because she has to have a dental cleaning at least once a year because her mouth is disgusting. Because as a kitten, she was a horrible little gremlin who liked to eat cat litter and drink out of the toilet. So now I think as penance for that, she just has terrible teeth. Could also be genetic, who knows? Uh, but so every year when I take her to get her teeth cleaned, and you know, when cats get their teeth cleaned, they have to sedate them because otherwise no one would leave the room alive. <laughs> so I always tell them when I'm like they're doing the check-in paperwork I always tell them if she has to have any extractions you don't have to like call me and double check if I want just take them out if they have to come out they have to come out and I'll figure out payment that later like just take out what has to come out I'd rather her get like the healing process started and not be in pain um so last year when I brought her in uh, she didn't have to have any extractions. She was fine. They were just like, yeah, she's just got some like uh, tartar buildups and gingivitis and her breath is terrible, but whatever. And, then, and her breath is terrible. It always is. Stinky, and then I stinky, took stinky her baby. in this morning and I was, and I was like, okay, I, one of them, at least one of them is probably going to come out because of her like the last couple of weeks, she's been avoiding like the, the dry, like the crunchy food, anything like that's hard and crunchy. She's been kind of shying away from it. So I was like, all right, something's up. So probably at least one of them's going to have to come out, drop her off, say the same thing. I'm like, they have to come out. They have to come out. And then I like went to pick her up and I was like, all right, how'd it go? They're like, oh, she did great. She's still going to be a little wobbly from the anesthetic, but we gave her the antibiotics, like the antibiotic shot we gave her will be good for the week and all this. I'm like, do you have to have any extractions? They're like, yeah, six. I was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was like, oh man, I I meant to ask when I dropped her off if I could keep them, if you had to do that. They're like, oh yeah, you would have had to have set that up like, when you dropped her off, they're already in like the medical waste. I'm like, no, oh, darn it. I wanted to be that weird person that's like, here's the art that I made out of my cat's teeth. That's, there's a word for that. Yeah, weird. Uh, you don't want, you don't want tasteful teeth art in your house? I would love to have some tasteful teeth art. The only tasteful teeth art I want is the honorable judge that I saw on TikTok. The the, yeah. the rooster head with the baby with the teeth, teeth and the, the judge oh, I did love that. I want every I every tooth art you show me gives me night terrors. Every one I stumble across on my own is cool. The ones you said are like Lovecraftian horror, like Eldritch. I know, Harvey's. and I love them. They're like the long Furbies, but teeth. I just, the one, I'm sorry, the one I sent you was adorable and cute. They were tooth fairies made of teeth. They were little teeth with wings. Your issue was that the wings were cicada wings. And just if they the, were any other type of wing, would it okay. be okay? The fact that the teeth were the main focal point and there were wings attached, so they were like Who's flying monsters. But see, but the honorable judge is like, a cr- it's like the, the teeth aren't the focal point he's a judge and that's the focal point and the teeth are like an accessory the tooth fairy ones it's the focal point you look at it you go that is a tooth that it's is a, a tooth. human tooth it's a to- it is a human tooth with little cicada wings and it was in a little bell jar and it was so cute I don't know maybe it's because my dad's a dentist like I don't know I, I think teeth are- yeah bell jars are cool and meant to display excellent art like weird taxidermy like uh, Jenny Lawson's a uh, tiny little Hamlet mouse, which is a mouse wearing like a little Elizabethan rough collar mouse? and holding what? Is it a real mouse? It's a taxidermy mouse. 
It was ethically sourced, died of natural causes, little okay. tiny mouse in a little Elizabethan rough, and then he's holding like the bleached skull of another mouse. Also ethically sourced? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's uh, Jenny Lawson's, ver- like her thing. She collects taxidermy, but it's either taxidermy that is like so unbelievably old that the animal is from would be dead by now anyway or like a taxidermy art that is from ethically sourced sources like nothing it's that she's she's very good about uh the taxidermy she finds being ethically sourced can you taxidermy a human you know i uh it's weird because uh funerary laws vary from state to state and there are a lot of things that funeral homes will tell you are illegal that are not technically illegal. They just don't want you to do that because then they will lose money. Like, you don't have to be embalmed to be buried. Like, you can be buried without being embalmed. You just have to have, like, a, like a concrete-lined casket. I just want, like, my husband's... Uh, he's probably going to get cremated. He wants to be, like, pressed into a sword. But I want That would to- be awesome. Uh, I'm trying to convince my dad that he could be pressed into a vinyl record. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he wants to be pressed into a sword, but like, I don't think his whole body needs to be pressed into a sword. So if they could like taxidermy his sh- like from the shoulders up and I could like mount him on my wall with a giant plaque that says first husband. <laughs> oh, that would be funny. Um, you don't have to have him taxidermy to do that. You could do like uh, like a death mask cast. And Ooh, like have like um have like a like a plaster cast like designed. And be like, I, want- I mean the, you could you can make like really realistic sculptures. Could stuff. I get a death mask of my own face and turned into a real wearable mask uh to be passed down to my yeah, family? You absolutely could do that. I've told you what I want to do, like the skull thing, right? No. Oh, I swear I've said Always that. with the rubies, right? Yeah, yeah. I want to have uh, cremate everything except for my head um, and then have my ashes from my body uh, pressed into two gems. Um, I'm thinking either rubies or... Yeah, I like the idea of it being a red one, but but like sapphires would also be pretty. Um, and then, but for my head, I want it like all the flesh completely removed so it's like just the skull. And then I want the two gems like uh fitted into the my skull's eyes and then i want that just passed on to like probably um i don't think i don't my sister's probably not gonna have kids so like my cousin's kids (laughs) and then then i want it like passed on through their family they'd be like this is the cousin's skull Uh, we don't talk about it (laughs) and then just like but just like sitting on like a mantelpiece just just silently judging my family for all of eternity well, I want to be cremated. I absolutely don't want to be buried. If someone buries me, I'm going to find a way in the afterlife to reanimate myself and have my rotting corpse haunt them. That's yes. how much I don't want to be buried. Uh, so I want to be cremated, but I want some of my ashes. I don't care what happens to like 99% of my body, but I want some of them to be resin dipped into a very pretty looking stone and turned into a gorgeous pendant and then passed down along the family with warning, do not remove this for fear of family curse yes if uh no one in my family wants to go for the uh haunted skull with gem eyes uh my second choice would be why well, i like either way i want to be cremated and either like i think my mom kind of wants to do like the tree urn thing no, i don't even play dungeons and dragons but to like have my ashes cast into like a beautiful set of like 
like D20 dice. <laughs> that would just be really cool because I don't play D&D. I love watching people play D&D, but, and I really like the dice. I have like three sets of dice. I, have, I carry dice in my purse with me all the time now. So if anyone wants to like, oh, we want to play a, a one-shot D&D game, but we don't have any dice. I'm like, I got you. I got you. I have purse dice. Purse dice. <laughs> it's like mom friend, but instead of snacks, I have dice. So speaking of uh, dead and creepy things, uh, that's probably a good segue. <laughs> good segue. Uh, good segue. Since we've been talking like, I'm going to have to edit down because we've been talking about 20 minutes now. <laughs> So you're doing a spoopy this recording? I am, yes. And I kind of love this. I knew a little bit about this topic. Like I knew of it, but I didn't know a lot of the details. So, okay. Okay. Let's start. Picture this. Okay. It's 1955. I'm picturing I'm in 1955. And you are a traveling salesman. I'm sorry. All I'm thinking of is that (laughs) Arthur Miller, Death of a Salesman, uh, that I was forced to read and then for some reason read again willingly in college but go on okay i'm okay i'm picturing it i'm william loman it's 1955 you are a traveling salesman passing through the quiet peaceful town of loveland ohio it is the early hours of the morning why are you out so late traveling salesman perhaps you're real just excited about your next day's door-to-door adventures and you wanted to get an early start maybe you formulate your best sales pitches during the witching hour Maybe you were just trying to get out of Ohio as quickly as possible. Who knows? All valid, especially the last one. (laughs) Details are sketchy. There's no way to know. What is important is that it is late, late at night, or perhaps early, early in the morning. It's like 3.30 in the morning. It's late early. You are driving alone on a poorly lit road, and you find yourself approaching a bridge that spans the Little Miami River. Suddenly- I'm sorry, the what? The Little Miami River. I thought we were in Ohio. We are in Ohio. What, you can't have a river named the Little Miami River in Ohio? Come on. Why is Ohio like this? Why is the entire country like this? Mainly Ohio, though. No, but like every state has weird named towns that you're like, what do you mean we're in Paris? Excuse me, Vermont? (laughs) There is a town in Vermont called Newark. Newark is for New Jersey. There's also a Queechee and a Jamaica. Yeah. And a Woodstock. So I'm sorry, why are we making fun of Ohio? And uh, I think there's a Highgate, which is, I went there in London, and uh, there's a St. Albans, which is also a place near London. Um, And there's an Essex and a Middlesex. And there's a Montpelier, or we call it Montpelier. So there a Montpelier in Colorado? I don't know, Colorado. I've never been there. There's a Burlington in Colorado. There's okay. also a Burlington Coat Factory. I'm just I, saying, Ohio is not the only one that's guilty of this. Clearly, it happens in every state. Anyway, you're approaching a bridge. You're you're a traveling salesman. You don't get the same. Okay, I'm Willie Loman. <laughs> it's you're- three in the morning. I am driving for some god-awful reason through Ohio. I'm approaching a bridge in Little Miami River. Okay. Yes, it is poorly lit. Now, as you're approaching this bridge, out of the shadows that are kind of looming alongside the road, outside your car windows, you see three men lurking in the darkness. No, thank you. Conversing amongst themselves. No, thank you. Nothing bad ever happened with three men lurking in the (laughs) darkness outside of your car. Why would you, why is that sketchy? Just three men lurking in the darkness in 1955. 
You see, this is the 1950s, and I am, as a salesman, I am more than likely a man. Um, so I don't think I would probably find this sketchy. As a woman, as, at any time, uh, three men are always just, that's like three men too many. Would it any make situation. you feel better if I tell you that they don't look like any men you have met in your day-to-day sales manning? In, in what way? And okay, I will tell you. They are quite short in stature. In what little light there is, you can tell that their skin looks strange, very almost leathery, you would say. As they gesticulate to each other in their conversation, whatever they're whispering about, you can see that their hands are webbed. Their eyes, you can see that they're quite large, very kind of bulbously protruding. They're dark. They don't seem to have eyelids that you can tell. And instead of hair on their heads, there's just like kind of these like wrinkly grooves running through their skin. So I've seen aliens and I promptly shit myself. You keep driving, perhaps more slowly, yeah. unable to look away. Uh, sl- more slowly? No, more slowly, I keep you kind of like, you, you want to look at them, but you don't want to like look at them so bad that you're going to stop. But you'll just kind of coast past. But you're as you're coasting past, you're hoping, boy, I hope they don't notice me. However, alas, one of these figures notices you and pulls away from their friends and holds something in their webbed hand. And if you didn't know any better, you would probably call it a wand. And as you are driving away from them, a shower of sparks erupts from this wand-like object as the creature points it at your car. You decide you don't really want to remain in the area any longer, so you slam your foot down on the gas pedal and speed away. You, Mr. Traveling Salesman, are the first witness... Of the Loveland Frogmen. The the what? The Loveland Frogmen. See, from your description, I felt like it was a frogman of some kind. Yes, it is a frogman. Wait, wait till I send you pictures later to put on our Instagram. Okay. <laughs> All of the pictures, like from the Wikipedia, are just a frog standing on its hind legs frog. going frog <laughs> how do you mistake that for three men just say three it was dark it was 3 30 in the morning you're probably tired you're like man i'm dead salesman i'm tired are those frogs what the hell <laughs> the loveland frogmen also known as the loveland lizards and those are two very different things but we'll get to it it's the 50s no one <laughs> seemed to care i guess they are as the previous story would indicate legendary humanoid frog-like creatures spotted in Loveland, Ohio, and the surrounding area. Kind of off and on, beginning with Mr. Unnamed Traveling Salesman in 1955, and then, uh, again, uh, sighted off and on uh, from then up with the most recent sightings happening in 2016. Really? Yes. Five months after this first sighting, uh, this this, uh, encounter is not technically listed uh, among the sightings because technically no one sees anything. It's more of an encounter. A woman was swimming in the Ohio River near uh, Evansville, Indiana, when she was grabbed by something from underneath the water. Something unseen in the river beneath her latches onto her leg and tries to drag her under the water. Yeah, yeah, that's not a great feeling. That's why I'm afraid of the ocean. Um, She puts up a fight. She manages to escape the water with only like some scratches and minor bruising. So she didn't see what it was that was really intent on drowning her. But in addition to all the scratches and bruises she had, she was left with a pretty clear greenish webbed handprint on her leg where it grabbed her. Greenish? 
Yeah, kind of like, green, like and like, like, a, like you know how like your bruises can be kind of like greenish when they start to heal. So I don't know if it was greenish because it was a frog hand that grabbed her, or if it was just greenish because sometimes bruises can be that color. Somebody Ooh. with paint on their hand. Or also that, yeah. Like I said, this is not listed in any of the official sightings because there wasn't any visual confirmation. Most of the sources that I read do count this as a frogman encounter. The next official sighting of the Loveland frogman doesn't happen until 1972. So our amphibious friends managed to go pretty well unobserved for almost two full decades. So it is now March of 1972, once again. Wait, where, did, where did they go for, for 20 years? Did they just I don't know. They just leave? got better at hiding. Maybe they were like, hmm, maybe we shouldn't congregate near roads. Where were they it, before this? Nothing I read about gave any indication of like where they may have come from. Just that, and there they were suddenly. Okay. I mean, Proceed. you said aliens earlier. Maybe they're aliens. Maybe it's mad science run amok. Okay, so uh, March 1972. Uh, once again, early hours of the morning, and a Loveland police officer, Ray Shockey, was driving towards Loveland along Riverside Road. Uh, since it's March in Ohio, this was still like the cold season, so the road was icy. So he was driving as slowly as he could to avoid slipping and sliding on the slick road. Uh, as he passed by the Totes Boot Factory, which I looked up, is still a real shoe manufacturer. Okay. That started in Ohio, so cool. Shout out Totes Boot Factory, uh, which was alongside the Little Miami River. An animal... Yeah, Little Miami River, okay. <laughs> an animal dashes across the road in front of Ray's car, causing him to slam on the brakes and nearly spin out. Caught in the headlights of the officer's car, he saw a creature that matched the description from the creature in the salesman story. Short in stature, webbed appendages, leathery-looking skin, protruding dark eyes, and a sloped head with very distinct frog-like features. And one additional detail noted was that when captured in the vehicle's headlights, the creature's eyes glowed. So... Epidemocetum! Frogs got it. Uh, Taking advantage of the officer's shock and inaction, the frogman skittered to the other side of the road, jumped the guardrail, and disappeared into the river, leaving behind only a few scratch marks on the metal guardrail. Two weeks later, a second police officer, Mark Matthews, was also driving into Loveland when he spotted what he thought was an injured or dead animal lying on the pavement to the side of the road. So he pulls over with the intent of removing some roadkill from the road, but when he opened his car door, the animal suddenly scrambled into a crouching position to stare at him. He proceeds to, surprising no one, he proceeds to unholster his gun and shoot at it. Uh, Valid reaction. The uh, creature in question proceeded to lurch its way to the other side of the road, haul itself over the guardrail, all while just kind of keeping eyes on on Matthews. Once again, that's a valid reaction. If someone has a gun pointed at you, you're probably going to want to keep eyes on them. Be like, hey, I'm watching you. The 1972 sightings were what launched the Loveland Frogmen in from like campfire story into local legend status. Okay. It also led to both officers being just absolutely roasted throughout the city. Of course. Uh, <laughs> and as the years went on, uh, Matthews actually changed his account of what happened and now if he's ever interviewed now he claims that what he saw was merely a large iguana probably someone's pet who had escaped and that he shot at it to help confirm a fellow officer's story 
as Shockey's story was being met with a lot of skepticism from their superiors and fellow officers. Here's a kind of a weird aside regarding Mark Matthews' account. Of all the different sources I found, uh, half of them had like that account of the story that like he shot at it, but that it got away. And then it wasn't until later that he changed his description of the creature. The other half of the sources I found told kind of a different story, one in which when he shot at it, rather than just kind of like winging it, that he killed it and that there was a body that he then proceeded to put in his car to show to Ray and that he was able to confirm absolutely, yes, this is a large iguana that's missing its tail and that Shockey confirmed, yes, this is what I saw. So I don't know which version is. Yeah, those are two very different versions and I don't know which one is accurate because the first story, all the sources that had the first story later then had like quotes from him from when he was like later interviewed, like it after the 2016 incident and like had him talking about like, no, it was never a thing. It was just an iguana. But the second story like also makes kind of a, a lot of sense, but I was like, it makes the most sense, but since it's much less exciting than bipedal frogmen elude police, it would make sense that the first story is the one that persists. Like, so I don't know which one is accurate. Yeah. Now the most recent sighting, and these are like, there, there were like, there were other sightings. People always said like, oh, I absolutely saw the London frogmen when I was drunk and camping. <laughs> so these are like, these, it's like, just really large frogs. I mean, yeah, frogs can get big. My other thought is, though, these men say, oh, yeah, it was like three feet tall, but we all know what a foot is to a man. (laughs) So in reality, it could have just been some really big bullfrogs and men like to exact like you've seen that number one with with certain other things but also with fish like oh yeah I caught a fish and it was like and it's a little tiny like perch I once caught a fish this big yeah so maybe it's a a case of um men I you know things are bigger than they actually are it could it very well could be but so yeah, those are like like I said, there's other off and on signings, but these are the ones I'm talking about are like the official, like the official confirmed quote confirmed sightings. So the most recent of these sightings happened in August of 2016. Sam Jacobs and his girlfriend were what was everyone else doing in August of 2016? That's right, they were playing Pokemon Go. <laughs> they were having a fun date night, walking along uh Love, Loveland Madeira Road towards Lake Isabella. They were hunting a Pikachu, if if that matters to anyone. They were after a Pikachu. And they crossed the train tracks and they were headed towards the banks of Lake Isabella and they saw a rather large frog staring at them from the lake. Okay. And so Jacobs later reported to a local Cincinnati TV station, we saw a huge frog near the water. Not in the game. This was an actual giant frog. I took a couple pictures and a video because I've never seen a frog that big. Then the thing stood up and walked on its hind legs. Jacobs then says he realizes people will think he's crazy. Quote, I swear on my grandmother's grave that this is the truth. I'm not sure whether it was a frog man or just a giant frog, but either way, I've never seen anything like it. 
And reporters from Cincinnati reached out to Officer Mark Matthews, who at this point is retired and is holding fast to his changed account that the whole thing is a hoax. It is probably done being. Yeah, he's like, I'm done. Stop talking to me about the stupid frog. I don't care anymore. (laughs) I am not an expert. Leave me alone. Stop consulting me. I want to be alone. I am retired. What is it like? But yeah, so he's just he's just done with it. And he's like, nope, the whole thing's a hoax. It was an iguana the whole time. So whether Jacob saw a bipedal frogman or just a very, very, very extremely large frog that then stood up on its hind legs and walked away, it's enough. It was enough to add another chapter to the mystery of the Loveland Frogman. <laughs> so uh, the Loveland Frog has appeared in a few science fiction novels, including James Renner's novel The Man from Primrose Lane and Matt Roberts' novella Suburban Legend. And this is my favorite. In May of 2014, Hugo West Theatricals, a Cincinnati-based uh, stage production team, produced a bluegrass musical titled Hot Damn, It's the Loveland Frog. And I am so gutted that I didn't know this existed until now and that I'll never get to see it performed live. I'm so mad. Oh no. <laughs> I want to see the Frogman musical. But yeah, that's that's the Loveland Frogman. Big old, big old frog walking on its hind legs being like, hello, I'm a frog. <laughs> um, he better have a top hat. He better have a top hat. <laughs> Singing sing them old songs. Yeah, I'm assuming the traveling salesman, he, he said like... He's unnamed, like his name never got saved. He just said that, he's like, yeah, I saw three men like huddled together talking. He didn't say, I saw three naked men. No, he's like, I saw three men. I'm like, okay, so that assumes they were wearing clothes. Yeah. (laughs) At least pants. Also, uh, just kind of, I felt like I can't do, uh, I can't do a topic of bipedal frogs without kind of, Shouts out to the original bipedal frog in my life, which is Mr. Jeremy Fisher, the frog from Beatrix Potter. He's a frog, but he like walks on his hind legs and he wears like a tailored like waistcoat and like galoshes. The galoshes were very important to the story. And his little house, like his house is flooded with water because he's a frog and he lives the in the slippy sloppy in the wet. So uh, that is probably the original source of my weird frog obsession, I would say. <laughs> you see, my uh, first bipedal frog is uh, Michigan J. Frog and his yes. fabulous top hat. Yes. Um, and every time I would watch Looney Tunes and like cartoons, I would like be like this staring glued at the screen, waiting, praying there'd be a little skit with Michigan J. Frog. <laughs> and every time he came on, I cheered. <laughs> he was an excellent frog my sources for this were of course uh wikipedia obviously and then i found a book on google books the Viser field guide to cryptozoology werewolves dragons skyfish lizard men and other fascinating creatures real and mysterious by dina west bud um the weird ohio uh from the weirdus.com had an entry on loveland's frogmen i found an article called Everything You Need to Know About the Loveland Frog Since He's Wildest Urban Legend, an article by Zach Powers from the Cincy Weekend. The Strange Case of the Loveland Frog, Ohio's Amphibian Cryptid, which is an article by Natalie uh, Delia from The Portalist. 
And then, uh, oh, uh, the cryptids.fandom.com wiki entry for the Loveland Frogman. Always good for some facts. Finally, the Loveland Frogman, Ohio's most famous cryptid from the blog uh, Charleston Terrors uh, blogger Unnamed. So yeah, Loveland Frogman. He, he's Ohio's Mothman, basically. Well, that was good. Thank you. Yay. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm glad. I didn't really know what I was going to cover. And then I just, I used to have on my phone, I had, I don't know why it's not on my phone anymore, but I had a list of like possible topics to cover eventually. And it is no longer on my phone. And I don't know why, because I don't remember deleting it. Two years. Yeah. I don't know. But so I don't have that list anymore and I don't remember what was on it. So I just started Googling. I'm like, weird cryptids from blank state. And I was like, oh, I was like, well, we've already done a few like Pennsylvania-based ones, so maybe I'll do. I was like, oh, what's Ohio got? Ohio's near Pennsylvania. And they were like, Frogmen? It's like, sold. Uh, so that said, if you have any uh, stories you want to tell us, any questions, comments, concerns, feedback, sweet nothings, beautiful I love yous, empty promises, uh, <laughs> you can email us at trulyfabulouslymonstrous at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Truly Fabulously Monstrous. And you can find us on Twitter at TFAB MonsterPod. Yeah, so join us uh, next episode where I tell a crime. Hooray! We'll be there. We hope you will too. Bye! Hi! Hello, yeah. my baby. Hello, Hello, my darling. Hello, my right kind gal. Yeah.